your boy Brad Starks. I'm back for 2024. In this episode, we're going to kick it off way, 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 way too early. First look at NFL prospects heading into the NFL draft. Today, I'm going to do quarterbacks and tight ends. Tell you what I think about some of the prospects on the first time around looking at them. And we'll get into it. But before that, you know what time it is. It's time to get a drink on. If you're drinking tonight, go ahead and get yours. I'm going to get my bourbon out. Get you on the flip side. All right, tonight I'm drinking some Kirkland Signature. And Kirkland Signature is a brand from Costco. Shout out to my boy Bo and all the Costco bros. I'm drinking a premium small batch bourbon. Tennessee straight bourbon whiskey, age seven years, 103 proof. Here we go. Championships. Now, this is not, you know, distilled. Costco doesn't have any type of distillery. So they get this from another distillery. And the big ones in Tennessee are either George Dickel or Jack Daniels. I don't imagine that it's Jack Daniels product. Most likely it's a George Dickel product. And, you know, they it's another skew. Costco can add, make some money. Let's see what we got on this on the nose. The ice mutes a little bit, but I get a little bit of gingerbread and maybe some toffee, some caramel. Little vanilla light, light on the nose. Again, this is 103 proof, seven year. The ice tones it down a little bit. Let's go for the flavor profile on the palate. Oh, yeah, this, this comes across as a George Dickel product. Now, you can get an eight-year George Dickel, I think, on the market now, gold label. I think they're like 25 30 bucks. But George Dickel, to some, has a distinct, like, Flintstone vitamin. Like, if you ever had Flintstone vitamins, specifically the orange one. On this, I get a little bit, little bit of chalkiness, maybe, like, you know, that gets that vitamin. But I get some spice. I get a little bit of oak. Really predominantly uh, caramel on this. It's a decent bourbon, but I think my wife picked this up for me when she was shopping. I think it was like 50 bucks, 60 bucks. You know, I'd I'd prefer to just go get some dickle on the shelf, some eight-year dickle. If that's if you want that flavor profile, go get yourself some eight-year dickle and call it a day. But anyways, cheers to you. Here's to Kirkland signature brand. Cheers. All right. So I'm here today because one of my patrons, Seth, he's got a rookie draft coming up in a week. Super early. For a rookie draft, in my opinion, there are opportunities to find some sleepers in your draft that a lot of people aren't aware of. So maybe doing your homework can give you an advantage over your league mates. But part of my process and a big part of my process is the combine. And I like to see all the athletes at the combine to really know how how tall they are, how much they weigh, how they perform in drills, their speed, their vertical, their athleticism, things like that. But also, you know, looking how confident they are against other athletes, their capabilities, do they listen to instruction? How they perform? You can see quarterbacks' mechanics. Are they anticipating throws? Are they throwing behind their their receivers? Do they adjust really quickly to, to new receivers that they haven't worked with before? So there's little things you can pick up that can kind of help in the evaluation process. So the combine helps me out. So having a draft this early, for me, is suboptimal, but it is advantageous for some people, so I, I'm giving a first look on my on my players this year. I'm going to do quarterbacks and tight ends today. We'll do another episode of running backs and receivers, uh, and I'll have those ranks posted on Patreon uh, for those interested in those part of the Patreon account. So let's get started. Let's get into the quarterbacks. There's going to be some debate this year. The 2024 class, 
has the potential to have three quarterbacks selected at the very top of the draft. We could see one, two, three potentially, which is going to create some interesting debates and some conversations leading up to the draft in April. Who are the top three? What order are the top three in? Right, That's where the debate's going to be. Typically, the top three right now are Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. How you have those guys ordered one, two, or three, you know, is really going to be determined by, you know, the content creator or yourself out there listening and making your draft cheat sheet. The one thing I can tell you is it's very difficult to gauge certain traits of a quarterback. Now, everyone can, you know, put the film on. You can see the quarterback make throws. You can look at their mechanics. You know, you can gather a lot of information from watching film, but there's some things that you just can't gather. Uh, and, and that's confidence level of a quarterback, being able to prepare and understand defenses the entire game, uh, you know, being able to make plays when it counts, understanding situations. A lot of things go into making a great NFL quarterback. And you can even look at, at the quarterbacks that have come up recently and how the, the, the most of the media did not even give them a chance. Josh Allen, a lot of the media said Josh Allen wasn't going to be a good quarterback. He's sitting at perhaps the best fantasy quarterback you can have, one of the top NFL quarterbacks, uh, and he was kind of cast aside by a lot of the media uh, the year he came out. Lamar Jackson is another one. He was cast aside by most of the NFL in general, falling to pick 32, 33, whatever it was. He, he was selected the last, I think the last pick in the first round. And, you know, look at him. Two-time MVP in his first six seasons in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, yes, the Chiefs traded up to get Patrick Mahomes, but he was he was not this elite quarterback out of, coming out of Texas Tech that everyone thought was going to be the superstar, but he's really put it together. He has intangibles that you just can't coach. Similar to Tom Brady drafting the sixth round, Brock Purdy. A lot of these quarterbacks, they have these intangibles that you just can't evaluate. So we can rank our top quarterbacks one, two, and three. But how is it going to translate? And, and I think and for me, confidence is a big, big deal when evaluating quarterbacks. And I think, you know, you see some really good quarterbacks lose their confidence in the NFL and then get beat out for the job by, by a young, hungry quarterback that has some confidence, whether he's even a better quarterback. That's for debate. But let's get into my rankings real quick. First, according to my rankings here is Caleb Williams. Now, there is some debate about Caleb Williams and did he show up for big games how does he handle himself off the field? There are questions around Caleb Williams, but the first time I saw Caleb Williams at Oklahoma, it only took me a few snaps to see and realize that this kid was going to be a star at the NFL level. You know, I, I think he's gotten a little ahead of his skis with all the success that he's had and the money that he's had. And, you know, this is a new intangible that we have to consider is the the NIL money and, and these athletes getting money early on in their careers and how that affects their transition to the NFL. But there's no doubting Caleb Williams' skills as a quarterback. And, and I'll name, as I go through these prospects, I'll name a few strengths and weaknesses that I see early on, kind of watching the field, not diving in too much, really haven't seen the combine again. And I think one thing that could knock Caleb Williams is his size. You know, if he's a shorter quarterback, six foot six one, I think that is going to raise some red flags. I mean, I think we saw how bad Bryce Young performed this year and how much he struggled. And I think that's going to be a cause of concern for quarterbacks around that height, at least for the foreseeable future until, you know, we can see a success at, at, you know, at a smaller stature. I mean, I know Kyler Murray, but that those are conversations for another time. When I watch Caleb Williams, 
to me, it's easy to see. He's got the arm talent to make every throw at the NFL level. He can put it wherever it needs to be. He's got the velocity, the arm strength to fit the ball into tight windows. You're going to need to do that at the next level. But again, that can lead to one of his cons. You know, he he really has a lot of confidence in his arm, which he will take chances and force throws into coverage, thinking that he can make the throw. Uh, and again, that's something that he's going to have to work on, and that'll get coached out of him. One of his biggest strengths to me is his athleticism to escape the pocket. Very good at making off-script plays. Really looks like he he likes, prefers to have a play breakdown so that he can make plays with his feet. Probably his greatest strength is being able to perform out of out of pocket, off script, plays that just break down and he can make things happen. Very, very good at that. But on the flip side, one of his drawbacks is that he almost prefers to do that rather than playing in structure, in a pocket, understanding offense, uh, and executing based on what the defense gives you. So, you know, it's a, it's a give or take there. He's very good in one department, but then he needs to really improve in the structure of an NFL offense uh, when he goes to that next level. And the coaching staffs are going to have to determine if they feel like he's going to fit well in their offensive scheme. And again, when you talk about his off-script plays, he, he's very good at turning negative plays into positive plays and making plays by by creating time and allowing his receivers to get open. And he does a very good job doing that. And then he's got you know all the tools to be that Patrick Mahomes type player. I don't I don't consider him a Patrick Mahomes because again, you don't know the mental piece of it. But athletically, he can make any throw, off-platform throws. His arm angles are very good. He can create plays out of nothing similar to what Patrick Mahomes does. And I think you see a lot of that. And I think that's some of the appeal when you talk about Caleb Williams and his potential at the NFL level. You know, just a few more drawbacks from me. He does rely on his athleticism a lot to beat pressure rather than just beating the defense with what they give you. He needs to work within the structure of that offense. And then, you know, he has some questionable lower body mechanics when it comes to shorter throws, and that needs to be worked on at the next level. But I think that basically, in a nutshell, I think he plays great outside of the script of the offense, out of the structure. He struggles a little bit inside structure. I need to see more of that, better consistency of that. Um, but I think he's going to be a fine quarterback. I think he's going to be good in the NFL level. There are some personal things that maybe we can talk about when we break his uh, profile down a little bit. But for this scenario today, this exercise today, right now, Caleb Williams is my QB1. Uh, I, I just think he has potential to be an NFL star at the next level. And I think when he gets to the NFL, he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. I think that he's going to be an offense that wants to be pass heavy and I think he's going to throw the, the football a lot as a rookie so I think he's going to be a, a good rookie pick in your fantasy drafts number two you know it's debatable I mean some people have Drake May as 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 high as the number one overall quarterback some people have Jaden Daniels as the number one quarterback for me number two in this class is Jaden Daniels and it really comes down to I'm evaluating this for fantasy purposes and we know how much of an advantage it is if you have a quarterback that can run the football and create those extra fantasy points that you know your dropback quarterbacks just can't do and I think Jaden Daniels has that potential to be a dynamite runner like Lamar Jackson like Anthony Richardson like Josh Allen can really create plays with his legs and he's also a very good passer now you know there, there's conversation about him he played at ASU for a few years went to LSU, but you know, PFF grades, he got better every year. 
uh, in college, and that's what you'd like to see. And he may even sit at the NFL level. I doubt he does, but there's always a possibility that he sits at the NFL level based on where he gets drafted and there's a quarterback ahead of him. But I think if you get drafted in the top three, you're probably going to start from day one. But he has the potential to be a really good NFL quarterback. You know, really his strengths are his athleticism, his mobility, creating plays with his legs. He's very accurate throwing on the run. He's proven that at LSU this past year when the Heisman Trophy just made a lot of outstanding plays on the run and is still making the pass. Elusive runner in the open field, has very deceptive speed, can take any carry to the house, similar to Lamar Jackson, just has that game-breaking speed. And I think that's his X factor that really is going to put him above Drake May for me right now. And then he's got some good leadership qualities, and that's something that he's worked on since Arizona State. And he's got a lot of praise from LSU being a leader there, whether it's a quiet leader leading by example or, or you know, talking with the players and trying to get them in the best positions to be successful. He has improved that, and you want to see your quarterback have leadership qualities, confidence, and all the intangibles that we talked about earlier. There are little concerns with him. He, he does like to get outside the pocket, throw the ball deep. He, he has some inconsistency throwing the ball in the middle of the field and working between the numbers with some short routes and things like that. So want to see that consistency on that the accuracy and on the short intermediate throws. And then I also want to see him have more consistency operating within the pocket. He's not much of a, a pocket quarterback. When it breaks down, he loves to get outside, loves to make plays with his legs. And that's going to be what makes him successful. So he's going to have to be able to turn those into successful plays. But there are some moments that, that, you know, there will be spies watching him and he's going to need to try to beat the defense from the pocket. So he's got to work on that just a tad but I think overall, he's a dual-threat quarterback that, that he can use both his legs to set up the run, his passing. You know, the RPO is going to be very, very good for him in the offense that, that he runs. He does have some improvement as a passer that he needs to work on. Working in the middle of the field with his passes, I want to see. But if he keeps continuing to develop like he has been in college as a passer, he, he will be a good NFL quarterback. There might be enough question marks where I say, okay, if one of these is a bust. Could it be him? Kind of watching him is, is crazy. This might sound. After I watched him for a little bit, I went back and watched some RG3, and I see a lot of resemblance in that when RG3 was at Baylor. Just the way they kind of run and, and pass the ball. And I know RG3 had that knee injury early on in his career, and he was never the same. And if you watch Jane Daniels, he doesn't care if he takes a hit, and he's taking a lot of brutal hits uh, in college so there's a little bit of hesitancy with him but right now for this exercise i'm going to have him as my number two quarterback because of that rushing upside for fantasy it's just huge when you talk about the josh allens and lamar jacksons and andy richardson those running quarterbacks are just an advantage in fantasy football so if i had my choice right now i'd probably go with Jaden daniel as my number two quarterback and the number three drake may prototypical size quarterback also has good athleticism. I think I think his second year at NC, he led the team in rushing as a quarterback, led the team in rushing, which was pretty incredible. Very good maneuvering in and out of the pocket. Has the velocity and the arm strength to make all the throws. You know, he can take take some velocity off, some speed off, take some heat off, you know, add touch. He has all those different throws in his arsenal, so he's very good. There are some quarterbacks that can only have one speed when they throw the football. They don't have the type of touch. He has very good touch. He's a pro-style quarterback. 
resemblance of like a Justin Herbert um, likes to throw the ball downfield vertical. Uh, he can throw the ball at, at very different arms angles. Uh, you talk about Matthew Stafford. You talk about Aaron Rodgers. You talk about Patrick Mahomes, the way they can throw the ball at any angle uh, and still be accurate. He has that ability. When you look at some of the inconsistencies for him that I see, his lower body mechanics also need some work. Sometimes they're inconsistent and it leads to him kind of throwing the ball inconsistently or inaccurately. And we saw a lot of that pop up his, his last year there in, at UNC. So he needs to work on that a little bit. He does tend to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than he should. A knock that, that we also had on Justin Fields. And I don't know if this is based on reading defenses. It doesn't appear to be too much, but he, he's going to need to improve and get rid of the football. His pocket presence is okay. He's not elite at it. I think Caleb Williams is, as, is elite at pocket presence, can really feel pressure, get out of the pocket, make things happen. Uh, I think he's elite in that level. Drake May, I would say he's probably average in, in that department of understanding the, the pressure when the pressure's coming and things like that. But coaches will work with him and, and the offensive scheme will be able to, he'll be able to improve in that. But all in all, Drake May, he's projected to be a high ceiling NFL quarterback. He's got all the tools, big guy, big arm, athleticism, your prototypical style quarterback. He's got the, you know, the mobility to create opportunities if the pocket breaks down. But he needs to also improve on targeting the middle of the field. In college, these guys like to throw deep outside of their fast receivers, the mismatches. But at the NFL level, when you see guys like Brock Purdy, and I think Jordan Love does it a lot too, you've got to be able to pick teams apart across the middle of the field. you got to have confidence and throw it across the middle of the field with accuracy to really be an elite NFL quarterback. Uh, so he needs to work on that if he wants to reach the potential that a lot of people are putting on him to be potentially the number one quarterback in this class. So right now, Drake May is third for me. And number four, J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. There's a lot of hype surrounding him right now. Uh, I don't know if that's just clickbait or what, or the, you know, the media's hyping that, or uh, Coach Harbaugh's hyping that because he was at Michigan. I see an okay quarterback. I don't see a quarterback... To me, that can be on the level of these top three guys. Some of the things that J.J. is really good at, he, he also has uh, the athletic ability to make plays. He has potential. You see potential uh, to improve and have really high upside as an NFL quarterback. He has potential to, to get there. He, he shows that he has potential to get there. He actually does throw between the numbers a lot. He's confident in throwing the ball across the middle where it needs to be has great poise in the pocket. He's similar to like a Brock Purdy type player. Um, I guess that's a good comparison. You know, Brock Purdy will stand in the pocket. He'll try to pick you apart in the middle of the field because he doesn't have a huge arm that he can rely on like some of the other quarterbacks. But then when you look at J.J. McCarthy, he's also, he's got a slender frame. So I want to see what his size and weight is at the combine and really put some comparisons on him and see, you know, who does he resemble there are some inconsistencies in his dropback and delivering the football. There's some inconsistencies there. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh probably has him probably one of the most NFL-ready quarterbacks in this draft. So uh, that's why the media probably likes him because he's going to be able to understand NFL concepts. He's got some inconsistencies in his, in his passing a little bit. Some of his deep throws outside the numbers are a little... 
inaccurate, a little inconsistent there. So there are questions about J.J. McCarthy. I don't think that that he is in the top three of this class. I could be wrong. Uh, again, I'll dive in a little bit more and we'll see what he has. But I think a lot of people in the media and NFL circles expect him to have a high ceiling. He's got the potential to have a high ceiling, but he does have some development that he's got to do. I mean, he sitting behind a, a stud, like if he were to sit behind a really good quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes or a Brett Favre like Aaron Rodgers did or you know, an uh, NFL quarterback that could, he could really learn from, I think he would, that would be hu- super, super advantageous for him to sit and learn. I don't know how high he's going to get drafted or where he's going to go. If Minnesota somehow gets him and he sits behind Kirk Cousins for a year, I think that's the best case scenario for him. But he does have a lot of great traits for the NFL. You know, he's got really good arm talent. He's got really good accuracy. He's got, you know, good athleticism. So I think there is going to be a team that's going to take a chance on him in the first round. It's just which team is that and will he expect to be a starter or will they let him sit a year behind, you know, a veteran on the on the team? All right, cheers. That's our top four. Getting into number five. And again, this is, you know, my first look. But right now I have Spencer Rattler as my number five quarterback from South Carolina. Was a very highly recruited high school player. Went to Oklahoma. Ended up uh, getting beat out by Caleb Williams, actually, and was had to transfer, transfer to South Carolina. But he has improved. He's humbled himself a little bit since getting to, to South Carolina. Uh, but when you look at him on tape, he's got legit NFL arm talent, can make the throws. He's got a really smooth throwing motion. I mean, you love to see it. Just very natural for him to throw the football. The ball release is very smooth. You love to see that athletic he's got mobility he can move around in the pocket he can make plays with his legs he can hit throws at every level of the field wherever you need him he can make those throws but some of the things you don't like on tape some of his decision making is is iffy questionable you know that can really crush a quarterback in his confidence at NFL level so he's got to work on on making those good decisions when when the pocket breaks down or or when he feels pressure and then anticipating throws, receivers coming out of breaks, understanding where the defense is going to be at. He needs to work on that. And then just having that pocket presence that you like to see, um, you know, with your elite quarterbacks. He doesn't necessarily have that. But, you know, he when he when I think he came out of high school in one year in Oklahoma. They were already projecting him to potentially be the top quarterback in his class. But things fell apart when Caleb Williams got there. And he has improved, but I don't see him as an elite NFL quarterback. I think he could become an NFL starter. I mean, he could be like a Sam Howe, Desmond Ritter. You know, he'll get a chance to start. And then, like, what does he make of that? I think he's got the physical tools. He, you, You've seen his mental growth from Oklahoma to South Carolina. He's humbled himself. He's become a, a much different quarterback. He has potential to, you know, to be a, a top quarterback in the league. Maybe not a top five. You're talking about maybe a top 12, maybe top, you know, 15, but he has elite, you know, arm talent and and he's going to get every opportunity to to make a splash in the NFL. So right now he's my quarterback five. Number six, uh, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. There's some debate about him. When I watch him play, it reminds me of Achilles Smith and I don't know who's old enough to remember Achilles Smith, but 
he reminds me a lot of Achilles Smith, and, and it scares me a little bit. Um, he just doesn't look like a natural NFL quarterback to me. You know, he throws the ball in the tight windows very well. I think he's got a really good IQ, and, and you know, he can read defenses. And, again, he's also had a long career. I think he had two ACL injuries when he, you know, played for Indiana. Transferred to Washington. They had to really open up the passing. Um, good pocket passer. He's got mental toughness. He got beat up a lot. He'll stand in the pocket. He'll make the throws. If you blitz him, he can make quick reads, quick decisions. You like to see that. Um, but when you look at some of his drawbacks, he had four season season ending injuries in college. You know, sometimes when he does get pressured consistently, he can get rattled, he can break down, he can make bad decisions. And I think this is a lot a, a loss of confidence. And then sometimes when when things break down and he has to perform outside of structure, his accuracy kind of dips a little bit and that can fall back on his mechanics. But I think when he's pressured and he's forced to make plays or move consistently within within the pocket, his accuracy declines, his ball placement declines. You hate to see that. His efficiency dips when he's trying to make off-platform throws. So he's not that natural thrower like you know some of the other quarterbacks we talked about, the Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, even Spencer Rattler and Drake May. Like They can have off-platform throws and their accurate Pennix doesn't really have that. He looks more uncomfortable when he has to do things like that. The combine's going to come. They're going to look at his, you know, his medicals. But he has had, you know, two season-ending ACL injuries at Indiana. So there are some, you know, red flags as far as his medicals. But if he was healthy, there's just too many question marks for me to have him really any much higher than that. I mean, I think him and Spencer Rattler are kind of fighting out for number five overall. Then I have number seven. Bo Nix out of Oregon. I remember watching Bo Nix at Auburn. I didn't think he really had it. He goes to Oregon. He has some big plays. It seemed like he only threw the ball deep whenever he knew he had a wide open player. When you watch him on tape, he's got good NFL arm strength. You know, he can make the majority of the throws. You know, I don't think he's going to make all the throws when when he's getting pressured. He's got mobility. So he does have the athleticism. He can make plays with his legs. He's very good, like no huddle, quick running the plays really quickly. He's very good at absorbing the defense and being able to make plays quickly. Some things that you kind of want to see improvements on is once he snaps the football, if it's not a specially designed play, it, it takes him a while to process and read the defense. And, I, and I, you know, I see similar things in Gardner Minshew. Um, so that's kind of what holds me back a little bit on, on Bo Nix going through his progressions. It seems difficult for him. He loves to throw it to his best players early on. So those things are kind of some drawbacks for me. Like I said, a little bit reminds me of Gardner Minshew going to make some plays here and there, going to make some splashes, but is he the consistent type of quarterback that you want? That's going to be an NFL star or even an above average starter. I don't think it's Bo Nix. So I'm not really excited about him, but in Superflex, you know, obviously you take a chance on these quarterbacks because uh, you never know what's going to happen. Um, if I were to talk about last year's quarterbacks over these quarterbacks, 
So Anthony Richardson was my number one quarterback last year. I would probably have him as my number one quarterback this year as well in this class. Um, just because his skills are tantalizing. I know a lot of people weren't even on Anthony Richardson last year. I was one I was one of the ones that was like, this guy is potential top five upside. I think he's got the confidence. The one thing that really questions, you know, my thought process around Anthony Richardson is that that shoulder injury. He just had another surgery on it. This is the same shoulder that he injured in high school that lost his senior year. So as long as he doesn't become injury prone, that's the only thing that I'm worried about. But as far as talent-wise, he would be my number one quarterback in this class. Now, C.J. Stroud, I was not high on C.J. Stroud. He has turned out to be a stud. So knowing what I know now, I think C.J. Stroud will be number two in the classes, this class and last year's class. But I would say probably I would have I would have Caleb Williams over CJ Stroud. And I'd probably have him number three in this class. Let's see. And then Bryce Young. I was so worried about Bryce Young's height. I would probably have Jaden Daniels and Drake May over Bryce Young, I think, in this class. I don't think I was very high on him last year. I think I had him over Bryce Young. I think it was going back and forth, but his size really was a question for me. And, and you know, obviously that's kind of shown us that he's going to struggle at the NFL level. But I think that Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud would be the top two quarterbacks if they were in this class. Then it would be Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels and Drake May for me, whichever order you want. I don't think any of these three quarterbacks would be over Richardson or C.J. Stroud for me. Some people don't like Anthony Richardson, so maybe you would have C.J. Stroud and then some of these quarterbacks, maybe Jane Daniels over Richardson. You know, you can't argue with that. These quarterbacks do have elite-level upside, and you know it's going to be fun to watch them and see how their pro days are and their combine and what teams decide to roll the dice on them and possibly move up and make these quarterbacks their future. But... Just a few others that I didn't mention. Joe Milton from Tennessee, Michael Pratt from Tulane, and Jordan Travis from Florida State. You know, we'll see where some of these other quarterbacks go, but the quarterbacks that I mentioned are the ones I really want to dive into and just kind of determine what are my top three. Caleb, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, because, you know, when you get into a super flex draft, those are going to be important decisions to make because you have Marvin Harrison Jr. that you also have to decide if you want him. Malik Neighbors, do you want him over one of these quarterbacks? J.J. McCarthy as well. But right now, if you're listening at home, right now my number one quarterback is Caleb Williams. My number two is Jaden Daniels. My number three is Drake May. My number four is J.J. McCarthy. My number five is Spencer Rattler. My number six is Michael Penix Jr. My number seven is Bo Nix. Then I have Joe Milton, Michael Pratt, Jordan Travis. But again, there's plenty more quarterbacks to look at, even some smaller school quarterbacks, and we'll, we'll kind of go from there. All right, let's get our, a break, get ourselves a drink. We'll jump into tight ends real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Cheers. All right, we're back looking at the tight ends, and you know, if you're paying attention to any of the draft this year, you know that the draft class the tight end class revolves around Georgia tight end Brock Bowers. There's talk about Brock Bowers being a top five pick. There's as much hype around him this year as there was around Kyle Pitts two years ago. It's just very scary to invest a high pick on a tight end. 
Tight end is the most difficult position to transition to at the NFL level. Most of the tight ends take a while to develop. I know Kyle Pitts had 1,000 yards as a 20, 21-year-old rookie. He hasn't shown that consistency, whether that's you know his transition to NFL or Arthur Smith. That's to be debated. But in general, the tight end position is very hard to to transition into. And we've seen a lot of first-round tight ends bust. We've seen David Njoku's taken in like 25 years, and he's finally broke out at the end of last year. So it's like the most one of the most athletic tight ends to come out from the University of Miami. Njoku was like a beast, man. He came out also young, 19 or 20. You know, it takes a while. TJ Hawkinson, he's, he's developed. Travis Kelsey took a few years to develop. You know, so Brock Bowers comes into the NFL Great player with the ball in his hands. When you look at since 2000, there's only been like five tight ends drafted in the top 10 picks. And potentially Bowers, he he could be number six. And at Georgia, he was electric. He was the passing game. I mean, he was a really... Really good tight end. Some say, you know, he looks like George Kittle. To me, when he's got the ball in his hands, he's the closest thing I've seen to Kelsey. However, Bowers, I think he needs to work on his blocking a little bit, and I need to get more into his film. But he led the team, or he tied the Georgia Bulldogs every year in catches, yards, receiving touchdowns. This past year, he had tightrope surgery on his ankle. And that kind of slowed him down a little bit. He did make a quick recovery and he played, but you could see a little bit he wasn't the same type of player. Some people would say he's a safe prospect. But when you look at the Pitts draft, some some people were saying draft Kyle Pitts over Jamar Chase. I mean, you just can't do that. And you just can't draft a top tight end over a potential stud wide receiver that could you know be 10, 15 years in the NFL. Just an amazing athlete at wide receiver. You just can't draft a tight end over that player. So it's hard for me to put Bowers over at least the top two receivers in this class, maybe the top three, because you don't know how they're going to translate. But Bowers is head and shoulders above the rest of the tight end class. Some would say some of the tight ends aren't even worth drafting after Brock Bowers. Uh, And I might be that one person that says some of these tight ends you might not even want to bother with. Unless it's late round, late round dart throws. When you talk about the number two tight end in this class, it might be consensus. Texas has a tight end, Jatavian Sanders. Athletic ability, yes. NFL tight end caliber, I'm not quite so sure about it. Again, very athletic. Big receiver, has great receiving ability. But he's far, far, far behind Brock Bowers. But he's probably a better better than the rest. When we had Pitts come out that year, you had Fryermuth in the second round of fantasy drafts. To me, they were almost equal prospects. I don't see Sanders and Brock Bowers even close. So if you miss on Brock Bowers and you need a tight end, you're probably going to reach on Jatavian Sanders and he might not even pan out. So be careful. We'll break into his film a little bit later. We'll, we'll see what he does at the Combine. Uh, and then we'll break up, break down his film a little bit later. But 
The tight end class is not really exciting this year. And, and you're going to see these rankings all across the board. I mean, you're going to hear about no-name tight ends and things like that. But right now, my number three tight end is a guy named Cade Stover. And he was a, a linebacker converted to to tight end. And when I'm looking at these players, I'm looking at size. I'm looking at athletic ability. And again, I, I won't know exactly for sure how fast they are, how strong they are until their pro days or the combine. So I'm kind of just going off what I see on tape. But I see some potential in Cade Stover as a late-round pick. Like, I don't see any Laportas in this class. No Michael Mayers after Brock Bowers, you know, Dalton Kincaid. I mean, Brock Bowers is it. The rest of these guys are just dart throws. I mean, you're talking about the Luke Musgraves of the draft and, and you know, things like that. Jelani Woods. I mean, you don't know what any of these guys are going to do. So you're just taking dart throws. But Cade Stover, he's my number three guy. Then there's a guy named Ben Sinat. He's a walk-on. He played at Kansas State. He's a big guy, too. I think he's probably going to be around 6'4", 250. Big-time tackle breaker with the ball in his hands. Good route runner. But again, I got to see how they perform at the combine. I can't say that enough. And kind of get a picture of what these guys might be. Then I have Jaheim Bell. A lot of people are probably going to have Jaheim Bell rated pretty high some might even have Jaheim Bell as their number two tight end the only thing that worries me it worries me about him is that I was big on Irv Smith out of Alabama but his size bothered me a little bit but I kind of ignored that I think he was six foot one he hasn't panned out I thought he was going to be the next great thing at tight end he's just he didn't pan out and I kind of see a clone in Jaheim Bell um he's going to need the right offense there's some consistency with his play. Um, but I think he's going to need to be in a specific offense to be successful. So that's that's to be determined. But I think you can't just put Jaheim Bell anywhere, and I don't think he's going to be a really good tight end. So that's why I have him lower on my list than probably a lot of people this year. Then I have a guy named Theo Johnson from Penn State. He's a, he's a giant. He looks like he's six foot six or something. Um, but he just a giant of a man going to be a mismatch at tight end position. You know, he could be the tight end three in this class draft. I don't know what NFL teams wants. I want to see how athletic he is at the combine. Again, none of these guys really, really stand out. Then I got a guy named Dallin Hawker. He's from Colorado state. Again, got athletic ability. We saw Trey McBride from Colorado State. I believe also the tight end from the Rams. I think he came from Colorado State too. Tyler Higby. I think they're all from Colorado State. So you'd like to see consistency of uh, programs putting out good tight ends, Iowa, Colorado State, things like that. If I'm wrong, if those guys didn't play Colorado State, I apologize. But off the top of my head, I I think they did. Um, And then I have some other guys. Baylor Cup. He... Seems like he has the athletic ability and the build to be an NFL tight end. Uh, Eric Gilbert, the number one rated, highest rated tight end prospect ever from 247 Sports. Had a lot of issues in college. Went to, I think he went to LSU first. Then he transferred to Georgia. And then from Georgia went to Nebraska. Just never panned out. But he was a very high prospect, talented prospect, highly ranked prospect, similar to Darnell Washington that was at also at Georgia. 
and he just has been an offensive lineman. But I would take a flyer on Eric Gilbert just because of his athletic ability. He's probably going to end up being nothing. He's probably just going to be, you know, a talented player that doesn't, you know, turn into anything. But, you know, if you're throwing darts, if you have an early rookie draft, maybe with your last pick in the last round, nobody's even considering Eric Gilbert. You take him. Maybe he does excellent at the combine and, and finds himself being drafted. And, you know, you got to steal there, but you never know. And then a uh, tight end from Michigan, A.J. Barner, because he was in the Jim Harbaugh offense, he's probably NFL ready. But again, none of these tight ends really excite me. None of these tight ends really excite me. But in order, what I have right now is Brock Bowers one, way ahead of everybody else in a complete another universe compared to every other prospect. Jatavian Sanders, Cade Stover, Ben Sinnott, Jaheim Bell, Theo Johnson, Dallin Holker, Baylor Cup, Eric Gilbert, AJ Barner, just just some tight ends that 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 could move the needle for me. And the combine is going to be very important for these guys to keep our eye on. All right. Well, I appreciate you tuning in. We're going to do a running back episode, then a wide receiver episode. First look, then we'll break into these prospects, individuals, and see if we can find any advantage that we can use to set up our rankings. Appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, this has been your boy, Brad Starks. Cheers.